Hello friends and welcome to episode 488 of the Chair Shop Podcast. It is September 2020. Uh, I'm joined by my good friend Paul Griffin. Hello Paul. Hello Joe. 488 is quite a lot. That makes me feel quite old. Um, also the knees and back. Didn't he eat the back and yeah, and not being able to stuff your face without feeling sick anymore. Yeah. My knees, my back, replace my... What's the rest of that song? Anyway. Um, yeah, Barry's not joining us this week. He's on his travels uh, back next week. But we've got, a, you know, a, I want to say a bumper show, but we've got a show. Um, we've got a few things to talk about. Uh, we're going we're gonna to start by um, jumping straight into the life guff. Uh, so Paul, what, what have you been up to last week? Um, well, I think I mentioned before, I've been back to the gym these last two weeks. Yes. Um, lifting them big heavyweights. I actually started recording for the first time today uh, which weights I do for which exercises. I'd oh, been yeah. relying completely on my memory, which isn't the best. <laughs> um, the only thing is, right, as an amateur gym attendee, yeah. I don't know what the exercises are actually called. Right. Um, I have them written as uh, the the lie back pushes, not to be confused with that Ryback back push that they did in the movie. <laughs> Where Paul Heyman kissed him. Uh, ah! <laughs> I'm waiting for that now for Roman to have his. Uh, oh, that'd be nice, little kiss. Um, and he goes, "Ooh, ah!" Um, I'm doing the sitting up pushes. Love them. Sitting uh, up. Pushes. <laughs> trying, to imagine, trying to picture this. So you sit up and then you push something. Is that right? Or... Yeah. That's when you have the. Um, are they dumbbells? The set. The not the, the dumbbells. Big little ones. Yeah. Yeah. You have two, of them and you're sitting, as you would sit in a chair, and you're pushing them over your head. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dems is called the sitting up pushes instead of the like lie back, which is the ones like you do when you're back. It's like a bench press. Uh, well, but except you're sitting up, you're not lying lying back. Oh, wait. Well, uh, well, the lie back one is like the uh, bench press, and you have the sitting up push, which is oh, sitting up as in you're not doing the action of sitting up. You're already no, sitting no, up. no. You are sitting up. <laughs> I understand I now. My notation is not the best. <laughs> No, yeah, okay. Um, but anyway, I started writing them down. The thing about the old Jimski is, mm. in these two wait, uh, weeks I've been going back, my weight has gone up by five pounds. Yeah, which co- concerns me since I'm on the old weight loss That's gimmick. Awesome. I know, I know, but you know when you're so consumed by weight loss and mm. and you weigh yourself of a morning and you've gone up like i've gone up five pounds in two weeks yeah uh, also all the mcdonald's and ice cream i eat <laughs> no, i've actually been i've actually been eating quite well like i, ha- I have having loads yeah. of veggies every day and chicken i had chicken for like four consecutive meals mm. uh, in this week uh but yeah but like i say the the weight's going up but the old belt buckle isn't going up so i'm kind of taking solace in that um but it's got to be going back to the gym, even though uh, a lady shouted us at us at the gym today for not being two meters apart from the next week. 
which I fair enough, fair enough. Fair I understand. Enough, fair enough, but, yeah. I understand. I understand. I understand. But um, it's tough in the. It's not a particularly big gym, so yeah. If you're going to grab a weight that's next to someone, you can't be like, well, wait for them to do their rep and then disappear, so I can go in and grab the weight. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. But it's a whole problem. It's a whole problem. But um, enjoying going back to the gym. I was there this morning. Doing, um, I wasn't doing the uh, the sitting up pushes today, I was doing other stuff. Um, and I'm also walking to the gym and walking back, which is like okay. a half an hour walk. That's kind of my good, my cardio, yeah, I guess. Cardio. Yeah. I, get, I get pretty much my 10,000 steps doing uh, doing that. Nice. Um, you've been on holiday this week, you're off work. I've been off work the last two weeks, yeah, two which has coincided with going back two, two weeks, weeks. later. God, I had a two-week holiday in well last year. But anyway, I think this is my first time taking two consecutive weeks holidays mm. in about three years. God, um, because I I usually work over Christmas, yeah. So I have a bit more leeway to take holidays throughout the year, yeah. And I I'd reached September with like twenty-one days holiday still to take, right. So pretty much between now uh, that I've taken these two weeks and the end of the year, I have another two weeks to take, knowing that I'm probably going to be working over Christmas. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I might do just do another two week holiday <laughs> in like November, um, which means I only have October one full month of work before I have another two weeks off. So that wouldn't be too bad. Um, it's been a really nice holiday. Um, sometimes with holidays. Um, especially a one-week holiday, I feel. You know when when it, it comes to that Sunday, the day before, and you do have that feeling of, Jesus, it went by so fast, it's already back to work tomorrow? I don't have that. This holiday feels like it's gone on forever, and I've enjoyed every second mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Very, very nice. Very um, relaxing. Didn't get as much done as I was kind of hoping I would mm-hmm. in terms of like watching TV, watching Twin Peaks, playing video games, although I've made some progress on that. Um, because when you are uh, a lonely boy, a, a man of solitary, <laughs> solitary mm-hmm. life, as I was for a little while, it's very easy to absorb as much media as you want. Yeah. But when you're watching uh, a TV series, for example, with somebody, and then of an evening, one of you is tired, either you're tired or mm. they're tired, uh, it only takes one person to say, oh, I'm a bit too tired for, for Twin Peaks today. Yeah. And you, it takes forever to actually get through a series. Um, I know that I, anyway, I'm somebody very, very slow at watching series. Mm. I, I find it very, very uh, too difficult to binge anything. I can't sit down and binge watch a series. I need to watch one episode and then, no, now I need to absorb it and think about it and wonder <laughs> what will happen. Um, I don't like to just go episode, 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 episode. I think Twin Peaks is a show that benefits a little bit of time between the episodes to, to really drag it out. Um, but I thought I would be further in the series um, than we are. But, you know, we have to... I, I want to have it finished by the end of the year, so hopefully we mm-hmm. will. And that includes the, uh, the film and the, uh, the 2017 series they did. Um, I also saw a graph in the week of um how like the quality of each episode color coded like green yellow and red yeah 
and I'm coming close to where it goes from consistently green to consistently red. <laughs> So, yeah. were you in season two or season one? Still, uh, yeah, I'm in season two. season one. Is only eight, eight episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're we're five episodes into season two. I think five yeah. out of twenty two. I think it gets to like episode nine or ten, uh, and that's the point that like I think David Lynch and the other guy who um, created the series, Mark. Is it Mark Frost? I don't remember his name. Mm-hmm. But um, that they, they kind of stepped away from it. And whoever took over, there was apparently a drop in quality. Um, but I, I'm, lo- I'm willing to get through it again to get to the film and to get to the David Lynch-helmed uh, season three. So I'm very much looking forward to that. But as I say, holiday spent um, less productively than I, I might have liked. But then... I also have to consider that Natty didn't have two weeks off. She only took yeah. one week off. Yeah. She took the week of my birthday off. Uh, she's been back to work this week, minding dogs every day, pretty much. <laughs> so I do feel a little bit bad where you know the alarm goes off at like half six in the morning. Yeah. She has to up and get ready. Oh, how bad for you. I'll simply roll <laughs> over in bed, shut the old eyes again, and pay no attention. I'm a bit like... Um, when Homer doesn't go to church, and I was a little bit of that. Fun. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, apart from that, not a lot else. Obviously, the 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 footy mm. proper started yesterday with the return of Manchester United, and also the return of my negative tweeting. That's right. The positivity is out the window. There was nothing positive to take from that match yesterday. So I was back on the old piss tweet. Piss United. Oh, we're negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the first game of the season. You know, I know. I know. Could end up winning the title. You don't know. Probably not. I I do know because I predicted today somewhat jokingly. We had a few people uh, over watching the Chelsea Liverpool match. I said, "No, United. Do you think we're?" I was asked. Um, do, do you think United will finish in top four? I said top four. We're finishing the top one. We're going to win <laughs> the league and the Champions League. So I'm trying to be a little what bit first? positive. Well, that, that first match was was dire. Horrendous. It was Eric Dyer. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't even watch any of it. Highlights or anything. I'm not. Uh, oh really? I don't like football anymore. Got one off it. What? Why? I'm just a Mario. I only watch Mario now. <laughs> what the old Lou Albano? Uh, yeah. Super- <laughs> yeah, football's bad. I support Borussia Dortmund now. Um, <laughs> well, I'm the opposite. I've started watching a lot more football than I ever have before. Um, There's more on. Yeah. Well, obviously because of the COVID, I think for August at least they're doing like televising all the games again. Yeah, like they did. Yeah. But um, I watched, I watched every game yesterday, and I watched. I didn't watch. Obviously, I was at the gym today, so I didn't watch the Spurs game uh, or the Newcastle game. But I did watch Chelsea game. And I, okay, I'm not watching the game that's on currently. But mm-hmm. um, and in lieu of all those, I'm watching a lot of football documentaries, um, which we'll get to when we, we talk about that kind of thing. How's your week been, anyway? Um, yeah, not too bad. Quiet. Um, I've done a lot of walking this week because uh, I'm trying to trying to get my steps up. I haven't done, I haven't averaged more than eight thousand steps a day 
um, since the lockdown started. And that's that's what I set in my fitness tracker, 8,000 steps a day. Just as a kind of What's that calculated over a week? No, no, a day, 8,000 steps a day. Okay, so you mean like as a, as a minimum? Yeah, yeah, that's like my, you know, okay. minimum to hit. Usually I do about 10,000 just yeah. on average or a bit more. Um, yeah, but I haven't hit 8,000 since March, but, but this week I have. I did 11,000 steps a day this week, which is good news for the old fitness. Uh, yeah. Turning into a bit of a slug. Um, yeah, so that was good. Then Michelle and I, again, we went back to the farmer's market that we visited uh, last week, actually. Um, but this time we went early. We got there at 11.30 instead of 1.30. And they still had some food left at the market, even though it was incredibly busy. Um, so that was really nice. It was a bit of a surprise. Um, surprisingly nice day for the uh, the weather. So, yeah, we got out early, had a little walk around. Uh, and the problem is the park's very uh, hilly. It's quite a hilly park. So you right. walk around it a couple of times, and that means you've gone up uh, two very steep hills twice. So that was a bit knackering. But, uh, yeah, fun. Fun other than that. And um, that's that's been about it this week. I've been playing a lot of Mario, which we will get to in a second. Yes. Yeah, not, not too much other than that. Um, have you been watching any TV this week, Paul? Yeah, I'm just checking before the TV my my steps for the oh, week. Um. I've I've averaged for the week of the fourteenth, which I'm reliably informed is this week, eleven thousand steps as well. So there that you was go. Good. That's good. Um, a lot of that was, I think I said in the last one, the Monday where I did twenty five thousand steps. Oh yeah. yeah. This week. Yeah. So the rest of it has been kind of bring that average down a little bit. But yeah. um, yes, watch some telly. I finished that uh, Tottenham. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, I've been uh, catching up with that one. Watched, I think we've got one episode left, so we're yeah. nearly caught up. We're into. The I quite liked stuff. the uh, COVID one. I think that was episode eight. It was interesting to see their reaction. Yeah, basically, they had no idea what was. <laughs> much like all of us, had no idea what to do, what was yeah. going to happen, how they should respond. So yeah, that was very interesting. I would like to see maybe a little bit more insight into the effect of that like in a business sense or in a, mm. a player purchasing sense etc there wasn't much uh, to it aside from jose being like when can train again but um no i quite enjoyed i quite enjoyed the series overall very interesting look into the behind the scenes of a team mm. and it's funny because i've started watching also uh the sunderland till i die series yes right I think you and Barry have both I've seen it. Yeah, really. Um, quite different, actually. Yeah, not quite so in the trenches as the Spurs one is. Um, though the Spurs, the Spurs documentary seems a little bit more specifically about the first team. Mm. Um, where Sunderland till I die is a little bit more from the the point of view of the the fans with some behind the scenes stuff you know but there's not a lot of like there's uh, I'm, I'm two episodes in so i've admittedly not seen a lot of it but mm, mm. there's no like team talks or hidden camera stuff it's all pretty simple no it's not really fly on the wall as such no 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 it is though i like um poor simon grayson who i remember from 
the old sticker collecting days. Did he play for Leicester oh, yeah. back in the day? Yes, yeah, he was a Leicester player. Um, so I, I recognise him as soon as he come up, but uh, he seems just like a, a happy-go-lucky fella who has mm. no real, <laughs> no real power at the club. Look, I'm just happy to be here. I'll do my best. <laughs> um, he, he seems kind of like doomed from the start. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's, it's it's definitely a very interesting story. Whereas you know, Spurs was failure to a certain extent, right? Because we mm. we knew how their season went and. Um, and all that, but the, uh, the Sunderland team and their level of failure is a whole other thing that I'm very interested to see. I'm very excited to get to season two with the new owner and all that, but um, enjoying what I've seen so far. Yeah, I suppose one is good. I think you, you mentioned to watch out for something uh, that Mourinho said uh, yeah. in the upcoming episode. I think I spotted it. Was it the touching your balls bit? Touching your balls is the correct answer. <laughs> when you lose the ball, you don't have time to be angry. You don't have time to be sad. You don't have time uh, to touch your balls. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is this Jake Roberts giving uh, a speech? Or... <laughs> yeah, that is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, have a fondle of the ghoulies. That'll bring the ball back. Yeah. Yeah. That good. I'm not sure what that was about. That was, about. That was funny. Uh, oh, Mourinho is very good. Hopefully he's a he's good character. I'd do another season. I'd quite happily watch that. Um, I believe they are doing another season, oh, yeah. is my understanding. Mm. Um, I don't remember where I, I read that, but I, I think they are. Yeah. Um, I've bookmarked, in the meanwhile, some other series that I'm going to watch mm-hmm. after Sunderland Till I Die. I'm going to watch... I have to add it to my little... My little listy. I'm gonna watch the the city all or nothing, right? Uh, series. Don't need eight, eight episodes. Same series as Tottenham one, which I enjoyed. Uh, I'm gonna watch Take Us Home, Leeds United. That's the uh, that's on Amazon Prime as well. Um, that's the one where I've I've seen a bit of it, and it was very very interesting with the mm-hmm. Dan James signing that never happened. Right. Yeah. Um, where he's there. <laughs> signing the contract that it just never happens. Um, I'm also going to check out that uh, Nicholas Anelka film they did on Netflix very recently. Yeah. I'm going to check that out as well. I don't know. I'm just in a big football documentary kick at the moment, and I'm really enjoying it because the actual football ain't no good it's at the moment. No good, baby. No good. Um, tell you what is good though. Go on, Super Mario Odyssey. Okay. <laughs> hey, hey. So Mario Odyssey is an extremely good game. It's a wonderful game. So I um I completed it um yesterday. Oh really? I not completed it. So I completed the main the main storyline. Yeah. So you've you've not collected. I'm that eight hundred eighty. Infinite amount of moons that are in there. No, game. no. Um, yeah, I finished it yesterday. Um, final final level was, was really good. I mean, it's a typical kind of. You know, very challenging, but not not too hard to get. To you mean the is it the darker road or something? What's it called? Oh, the the moon, darker moon. Yeah, I haven't done the dark side of the moon yet. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, no spoilers. Um, no, so I've just done the um, uh, on the moon with the face off with Bowser. Spoilers, but the um, the bit where 
uh, after you defeat Bowser, the whole kind of place starts to collapse. And then you have to um, quantum leap into Bowser and charge through the walls to try and escape. Uh, and as Mario does so, he kind of flashes back through their entire history together, uh, back from the original Super Mario Brothers games to the 64, Sunshine, etc. Um, yeah, so I thought that was really, really good. And then trying to trying to escape as Bowser. And then it goes into the whole two-day thing, and it's Bowser with the princess on his back trying to escape. And I thought that was that was so good. I think it's one of... It, it felt like the whole... Um, you know, the whole thing with the cap and being able to take over other creatures was almost completely come up with just to get to that moment <laughs> when Mario overtakes Bowser. It was that right. perfect. It was like, oh my God, yes, they now deal with this. I love that. Yeah. So that, that was really, really good. Great, great ending. Uh, and then you get to visit the, the Mushroom Kingdom. Uh, what a joy that is. Which is a lot. Oh, that's really, really fun. Uh, Luigi pops up. Always, always good to see um, Luigi. Um Except for the fact that he's trying to recruit you to his fucking balloon pyramid scheme that he's got going. Um, every world you go to, he pops up. Hey, you want to buy some balloons? Uh, you find five friends, sell them balloons, then they find five friends, and then you all get rich. Um, yeah. Interestingly, that was something that was added later to oh, the really? game. So that wasn't in it when I played it. Ah, no. interesting. Um, so, you know, it's a fun, fun little add-on to the game. But it just gets it annoying that he's all constantly there. It's something that I wish was done with a more multiplayer thing mm. in mind, where you could hide balloons on level, and then I go find them, for example, or you're, right. you know, you're racing to find each other's five balloons or something. You yeah. know, I think that could have been done um, with a bit more care to it, and it, mm. would, it would have been more fun as a result. But I, don't, mm. I never, I never dipped my toe into playing that because I, I watched a few videos about it and it just I didn't really care for it. Yeah, yeah. Not that interesting. Um yeah, so it's really good other than that. I mean I've now got into the kind of post you know, post world, post finishing kind of moon collecting phase. Yeah. Which seems quite daunting. So I'm going I've started going back through some of the challenges and they're really tough. <laughs> like they are. Um and I'm I really, really want to get the eight eight hundred and whatever, but I'm not confident I'll be able to do it because some of them are really challenging. It's going to take like hours and hours. Um, how many hours in do you have? No, you don't have that yet where it tells you how long you've been playing. Uh, I don't think so. No. If you go to your profile on the homepage, yeah. um, it shows you the games that you've right. like played and it says um, first played X days ago. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, after a while, I think it's after 10 days. It tells you how much time you've logged into the game, right? Um, so you, okay. you'll get there. <laughs> not there. Yeah. I think if I just check quickly what I have for been... Odyssey, I think I put about fifty-five hours, <sighs> which is a lot. It's a lot. But I, I, I really enjoyed that game. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. It's gone off the bottom. I think I think it's fifty-five hours. Fifty-five. But uh, after the eight hundred that you mentioned um you can buy moons to bring you up to 999 oh just, i think you use coins for it right yeah um yeah so i i i put in the hours i did collect all the moons okay it, it, it is it is difficult <laughs> i'll tell you that one yeah 
there are some that are really really difficult but it's such a fun game to play that yeah. i almost didn't mind putting the hours into it. it's so much fun but when you when it comes to mario games i usually don't collect all the moons until mm. a second or third playthrough because i'm just not really bothered but yeah that game i just enjoyed so much i don't think i had there weren't so many switch games out anyway at the time i think i only had that in zelda mm. so um that was my Christmas game that year, and so I was like totally into it, not playing anything else. Yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic game. I didn't mention last week, of course, the, probably the best level, which is in New Donk City. Yeah, um, I think you only were just about to reach New Donk City. Yeah, I had a, I was kind of on the verge of that. Be there, yeah, when you when you get to the end of that, or when you um, get the band together, and then you have the festival, and you run through yeah. the city with the concert going on in the background, and. Uh, the 2D and the Donkey Kong. Oh, it's fantastic. Just, yeah. oh, brilliant. The song is great as well. I love the music. And... Da, 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 da. Happy, I yeah. Yeah. Anyway, great, great game. So we're playing that basically um, all week. Of course, the dangerous thing is that obviously you can play it handheld. So I just plonk it down on the coffee table while we're watching TV and just <laughs> play it. For nine, ten hours straight while we're watching telly. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, the great thing about Odyssey is, especially in the post game, you can just pick it up and say, right, I'm going to just get five moons. Yeah. And then, then you can put it back down again. Um, definitely, though, there is a bit of a, you know, once you pop, uh, don't stop. <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, yeah, a lot of fun. So that's that's all we can be kind of playing. A little bit of um, a little bit of Mario Kart, but yeah, mainly mainly the Odyssey this week. Right. How about yourself? Um, well, do you have the 3D All Stars arrived yet, or no? Yes, I do. I do have it. I haven't opened it yet. Are you saving it for once you're done with Odyssey? Then yes, I think I'm going to save it. I mean, I don't want to overdose on Mario and get sick of it, so I might have a little break after Odyssey and then. And then Unleash 64. Uh, yeah. I'm going to play Galaxy first, actually, because I never played that. Then I did Galaxy, then go backwards. Yeah, the, I mean, the risk is when you play Galaxy and then go back to 64 or Sunshine, that there are movements in Galaxy that don't exist in the prior games. Right. So, like, I remember when I played um, Elder Scrolls Oblivion, mm. and then tried to go back and play Morrowind. I found it very. I couldn't play Morrowind because mm. it was too too far a step back from what I was used yeah. to. Um, but like, since you've already played sixty four and Sunshine, yeah. you know you know those games how they work. Yeah. So it maybe won't be so much shock for you. You're not playing them for the first time. Yeah. But um, yeah, Galaxy is really good. If you if you enjoy Odyssey, you'll definitely enjoy um, okay. Galaxy. And then if you enjoy Galaxy, uh, I think you will enjoy Three D World, which is coming out. Oh. Oh, yeah. Is that next year 3D World? I don't remember what they, when they said it's coming out. But um, lots and lots of Mario games. It's 3D um, World. This is where, because I was having a little look at that. It looks, this is more like a traditional platformer with a timer and all that kind of stuff. Right? Kind of. Um, there's the, well, you have the, the sand, more sandboxy mm. 64 sunshine odyssey right yeah and then you have the there, there's a series called new super mario bros mm-hmm. which is 
a modernization of the classic Super Mario Bros. games from the NES. So it's it's 2D left to right. 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 3D World and 3D Land, which came out on the um, the 3DS, which is if anyone has a 3DS and hasn't played it, it's it's absolutely fantastic. Um, is kind of a hybrid right. between the two. It's 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 not 2D. Um, even though it is, I guess, more of a simple platformer, whereas mm. Odyssey is like a big... It's not an open world, but yeah. the levels are quite open and you can yeah. do whatever. Um, it's more of a... yeah. It, it is kind of like a get-to-the-ended level, collect these three coins on the way. Right. That's how I'd best describe it. Um, you know, in Odyssey and, and in um, Sunshine, you have the the more classic-y like, platform moons i guess mm. um it, it's kind of like a game of that it's uh it's really really good it's, it's like a different kind of mario game though it's maybe a little bit more old school when i was playing odyssey i was kind of thinking you know what they should do they should do like a 3d version of the old school games where you have a timer and you have to get to the end yeah and then i found out about this i was like ah oh, yeah i invented that um it exists what <laughs> It's a game that came out on the Wii U, yeah. Um, which of course nobody except me owns a Wii U. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually played that game on the Wii U. Uh, so I don't know if I'll, if I do, re- I, I think it's coming out with new uh, new content. But I think if I revisit it, I, I'll probably just play it on the Wii U again. Um, but anyway, since you're uh, talking about potentially taking a break um, between Mario games, I have my Switch here. And I'll give you a few little, few little tip tipskies. Uh, I would say, obviously, since you have the uh, Nintendo Online, or I, I assume you have yeah. it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the Super Nintendo little back catalog they have on there has some great games. If you're not played, mm. uh, Donkey Kong Country Two is coming this week. Is being added to it, which is the best of the Donkey Kong Country games. Oh, yeah. Um, what else? Uh, uh da, 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 da. there's a game called the Sexy Brutal. Sexy Brutal, which is like a a, a, a kind of an it's a, first it's an indie game. It's like a it's a, a puzzle game where you go back and forth through time to solve mysteries, mm. like short term back and forth through time. It's a Fun little game, probably quite cheap as well. Um, What's the name of that one again? That's called the Sexy Brutal. Sexy Brutal. Watch, watch these on YouTube and see if they interest you. There's a game called Yoku Yoku's Island Express, mm-hmm. uh, which is a pinball platformer. So it's a platform game uh, where. The incorporated into the level design is like pinball design, mm. and you you can control like the flippers. Again, watch a trailer and see if it interests you. It's very good. Uh, Super Liminal, which I started playing a few weeks ago, is very like Portal. So if you enjoy Portal, you probably Ooh. enjoy that. Yeah. Super Liminal, it's called. Um, Overcooked, of course, is a, a fun multiplayer game. Um, where you are chefs in a kitchen and one person good multiplayer game one person has to like chop the tomatoes the other person has to get the plates or wash the plates or whatever mm-hmm. it gets quite mad it's quite funny though um what else 
Hmm, it's not showing me all my software here. But anyway. Uh, oh, I can do by title. Um, you have Undertale, which is a, a very old school RPG, but I didn't really get on with it. Mm. Um, but a lot of people really, really rate that one. Um, what else? Obviously, the one that Barry mentioned last week, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Yeah. It's the new Donkey Kong Country that everybody raves about. Uh, Mario Kart 8, who everyone loves, which you have already. And then obviously you have, you know, Breath of the Wild, which is one of the, mm. one of the best games ever. But I think it uh, would be appreciated more if you played the other Zelda games. So I don't know if, it's, if it necessarily is a, a good first Zelda. Yeah. But you have um, one of the best Zeldas on that Super Nintendo uh, package. is mm. uh, Link to the Past, which is... Oh, Chef's kiss. Bring me back to my childhood when I was a wee kid playing Zelda on the Super Nintendo. Um, speaking of the old games, I bought this week some stickers for my Nintendo 64 games. What does that mean? Uh, I'll tell you now. Because I, mean... I have in my shelving unit, right? I have all my movies mm. and I have all my games. I have my GameCube games, Wii games, PS3 games, PS4 games. So when you have your movies lined up, you can see on the side of the movie what movie it is. So it's very easy for you to select your movie, right? But when you have your Nintendo 64 games it, you know, shelved, so to speak, uh, you can't see which game is which because the sticker is only on the front of the game. So I bought on Etsy. Someone's made some like stickers done in the style with like the name of the game with the logo of the game and a little N64 logo that you put on the top of the cartridge so to make it easier to identify which game is which game. Mm. So I really like that. That's cool. Um, that's on the way. Um, yeah, speaking of Mario, anyway, I have been playing more of the Paper Mario games mm-hmm. as I build up to finally play the Switch Paper Mario which I bought two months ago and have never t- <laughs> never touched because I wanted to play all the old ones again. Um, so I finished the Wii one, Super Paper Mario, um, kind of fell out of love with it in the middle. Um, it's definitely a, a game kind of like Odyssey, I guess, in a sense, but Odyssey obviously does it much better, where... How much you're enjoying the game depends a lot on the design of the level that you're playing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in Odyssey, there's some levels, like you said, New Donk City, um, the sand one early on. I don't remember what the sand one is called. But there's some levels that are really fun to play and have lots and lots to do and explore. And then there's some like the the Dark Woods one, uh, which I didn't really enjoy as much. You know, it's just this level's a bit bland, a bit boring. Super Paper Mario, in the middle of it, has like two worlds consecutively that are not fun to play and so i kind of i started skipping all the text i was like all right let's just get this done get over get this game over with as soon as i can um but then some of the later levels were quite fun again um the last two worlds particularly were were very good so um i would say of the paper mario games i've played so far it's definitely my least favorite because it's not a turn-based rpg it's just a a straightforward platformer Mm -hmm. and if I want to play a straightforward platformer, there's better Mario platformers out there. 
um, than Super Paper Mario. So to me, it would be kind of like a six out of ten game overall. It's fine. I don't dislike it as much as some other people do, but it's definitely the worst of those games. And I started playing, dusted off the old 3DS and started playing the fourth Paper Mario game. because I've now finished the first three. Paper Mario Sticker Star, which is a game uh, that I started when I got it back in 2013 uh, and never completed. So I am now about seven hours in. I've passed the point at which I have previously stopped. So everything that I'm playing now is like completely fresh to me. Um, Really enjoying it. I, I remember it not being so good because um, it's a lot simpler than the other Paper Mario games. It does it does away with a lot of the more intricate uh, options or intricate um, what do you call it? like um, techniques that you use in the game, etc. It's it's a lot. It, I wouldn't say it's dumbed down necessarily, but a little bit dumbed down. Um, but this time playing them in a row. It's like such a breath of fresh air after the the Wii one. Um, I'm I'm really really enjoying it. Um, it does a thing though where it introduces you. So so the, the the premise of the game is is you collect stickers, which I first of all I, I'm a sucker for collecting stickers. <laughs> I I wish I still had your Premier League sticker album. Oh, yeah. But you collect stickers in the game, and the stickers um, are you use for your attacks, right? So you might get a sticker that's a hammer, and that allows you to use one hammer attack during a, a fight, right? right? Or you'll get a, a jump sticker, and that allows you to jump on your enemy. Is that so? You can you have like a sticker album, and as you go around the world, there's stickers stuck to like trees, stickers stuck to walls, and you peel them off and put them in your book, and you can use them for your attacks. Um, what it introduces then is like are what <laughs> are what are called things quite uh, inventively which are, are random objects put into the game, like a hairdryer or a fishing hook or a sponge. And you can make these into stickers, and uh, they're like super stickers. They have extra powers that um, you can use, which is quite quite fun. So, for example, there's, there's a bowling ball thing, right? Um, and this game, like uh, Mario World, which I know you... Uh, boss that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game also has multiple exits in certain levels, right? Yeah. So one of them, you 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 you're you're passing through the level, and you see in the background that there's a path you can go down, but it's blocked by like ten what appeared to be trees. Okay, you say, okay, well I can't go down that way yet because mm-hmm. it's blocked. You then later in the game find one of these things, uh, a bowling ball. <laughs> And then you use the bowling ball thing to knock down the pins. They're, they're bowl, brown bowling pins. And that clears the way for you to go to the alternate exit. So um, it's quite fun in that way. But one thing the game doesn't do so well is it doesn't... Um, it's not clear enough in terms of which things you need and when. Because it's very easy to miss uh, a thing. The, the things are usually quite hidden. So can be that you've got to that point of the game and have never seen the bowling ball thing and you don't know the bowling ball thing exists. So the game doesn't make it clear enough for you when you 
miss the thing, for example. There's no counter on the overworld map. Like, if you found all the exits, it will give you a certain color, right? The the icon for that level will be blue, and if you haven't, will be orange. But it doesn't tell you if you've got all the things for that level. So it can be it's very easy for you to miss something, and be completely stuck. You're gonna to have to look look up a guide, which is what I've had to do a few times already. Mm-hmm. So the game could be a little bit better balanced in that in that term, but it's very fun to play, and um, using the stickers in terms of doing your battles, it's very fun because you can also like upgrade your stickers and get shiny stickers, again, like the Premier League ones. And the shiny ones are more powerful than the regular ones. And I really, really like it. One thing that Nintendo have done, though, really strangely, this is one of those instances where Nintendo are a little bit like Disney or WWE, um, where there are these corporations who have these completely illogical rules on what can be done and not be done with their uh, IP, right? Mm. Intelligent Systems is the name of the company who develops these games for Nintendo, right? They've done all the Paper Mario games from from the first one up to the latest. And the first two games particularly are so full of um, fun, memorable side characters. Um, Because you'll have like your little party of Nintendo themed friends who will come with you on the journey you'll have like uh, a koopa who's like uh bashful and uh, anxious about everything and you'll have a goomba who's like uh archaeologist or something you know you'll have these wacky characters right but shigeru miyamoto who like developed mario and donkey kong etc back in the day apparently put in an edict where intelligence systems weren't allowed to modify any of the looks of the base characters so whereas before you would have like an old goomba or a girl koopa troopa you're they're not allowed to have any of these anymore all the toads all the koopas in the game look identical and the only way they can give them different personalities is through what they say Mm. which is such a weird nonsensical thing to put on this team to limit their creativity and you really feel it in this game. While it's still a fun game, this is one of the elements where it feels dumbed down because you don't have that variety of character that you once had. So yeah, yeah. That's a bit of a pain, especially when you look at Mario Odyssey and how creative that game is. Why are you putting handcuffs on your your other, whether it's first party or second party developers who are making these games for you? Let them do what they want. It's very, very strange. Very um, that came out in a, an interview only this year with um, the developers of the game as the new one came out. Mm. Uh, this has been happening since 2012, which is when Sticker Star came out. Yeah. Uh, originally. But look, I don't know. Strange. Um, oh, sorry. I've also found some of my physical Switch games because there's definitely one that I forgot to advise you. Right? <laughs> Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Oh, Captain Toad. Captain, Tro- Captain Toad, who I think shows up in Odyssey. <laughs> oh, just a bit. Um, he has his own game, which is like a, a fun little puzzle game. It's almost like a... Like, the levels are so small. It's like a little snow globe level. Ah, okay. Uh, and you, you just have to reach the end of the level, right? Which sounds very simple. But Captain Toad, because he's a, he's a silly old toad, <laughs> uh, he, he can't jump. Oh. So there's no jumping in the game. And you have to make your way 
through the little the little levels. Don't get killed. I don't don't jump because he's not able to jump. But it's about it's about the exploration of the little levels to find the hidden oh, secrets right. in the levels. Yeah. Levels are so tiny. It's like a little cube. So if you think of like what you know of Galaxy, for example, mm-hmm. Mario Galaxy levels are, are quite small compared to Odyssey. Even smaller than that little tiny little levels, but super super fun. Highly recommend that one. Um, and probably you get it cheap enough nowadays. Mm-hmm. I would say. Um, so that's what I've been playing. Nice. Uh, oh. Also, I've been playing the new Pro Evolution Soccer game, mm. um, which came out on the 15th. Um, of course, put all the new kits into it. Um, did all the transfers myself manually that have happened so far, because I'm a bit oh, yeah. crazy when it comes to these games. Yeah. Um, <laughs> very sad to only move one player to Manchester United and then move Thiago to Liverpool, <laughs> Bale to Spurs, Werner to Chelsea, the... the I think Vernon was already at Chelsea in the game because mm-hmm. they released the game on the 15th, but they only did the transfers updated to the 14th of August. Right. And they're going to release a, an update then after the transfer window, which will update all the teams, right? But that, that update is coming out on the 22nd of October. I'm not going to wait a month to play the game with the right teams. And while I'm not doing every transfer, I'm moving players around as much as I can to make sure the teams are more or less correct mm-hmm. while I play. Um, but that game's real good, especially that I played uh, FIFA 20 towards the end of the year last year, or the end of the season last season. Obviously, it was, it was this year that I played it. Um, and I really don't like FIFA. I, I don't like how FIFA plays, mm-hmm. but I really like Pro Evolution Soccer. So, sticking with that. Cool, cool. Um, any other games? You'll see it for games? Pretty that good. is it for games. Um, in terms of movies, I've got just a couple quick ones to mention. So um, I forgot to review last week uh, Parenthood, um, which is a Steve Martin film from I think, 1989, um, which I was really loved as a, as a kid. I saw that movie, thought it was very, very funny. It's, kind of, it's like a comedy, kind of big, big budget comedy drama. It's a type of um, film that you don't really see made anymore. Because it's it's not kind of part of a franchise. It's not a big broad comedy, um, and in fact, um, something Michelle um, remarked, kind of seeing it for the first time, is it probably works better as a TV show. And they did do a TV adaptation of it um, a few years back that ran for like four or five seasons. Um, but yeah, so it's about him and his siblings, and and basically their relationships with their children um, has a few kind of notable. Uh, young actors in it, Joaquin Phoenix, who I think is 12 years old in this, uh, Keanu Reeves as well, who must have been, oh God, I don't know, like 20 or something, like 25. Uh, Rick Moranis is in it, and yeah, so it's a really funny film. Steve Martin's really probably peak Steve Martin uh, for me. It's kind of a little bit similar to Father of the Bride, um, but maybe not quite as broad in terms of the, the comedy. Um, yeah, but a really good film. I would definitely recommend checking that out if you haven't seen it. And the other thing I watched was... Sorry, go on. I haven't seen it. You have not seen so, it. Well, yeah. you might want to check that out. It's, it's up on Netflix now, which is why we, uh, we, okay. we've been waiting for it to pop up somewhere for a while. Um, we also watched uh, All In. No, not the AEW pay-per-view. It's the name of a new documentary uh, on Amazon Prime, which is all about... 
about the kind of disenfranchisement of black voters in America. Um, just uh, kind of interesting, similar to um, another Netflix documentary called The 13. Was it called The 13? Was it called The 13? 13th Amendment, it's about, anyway. Yeah, but it's kind of similar to that, but probably not as good. But it's an interesting documentary if you're, if you're interested in in your politics, in American politics in particular. Um, that one's worth a watch. So that's that's now up on um, on Amazon. And that's that's been pretty much it this week. There's been a lot of um, a lot of Super Mario going on, so not really had the time to watch any, any movies. Yeah, I've not watched any movies this week. I was very, very bad for that i i was always on the precipice of watching la confidential mm. but then i i would not so you haven't done your alphabet thing this week then i'm still on la confidential yes. i will watch it soon um no because it's ironically right mm. while i'm working um i find it easier to watch movies than when i'm not working because I will usually work until four. Right. Natty will usually work till maybe six. Um, so sometimes if I'm finished work, I'll stick a movie on and watch it until, you know, she finishes work and I'll go down and hang out with her. Um, but when I'm not working, I find it easier to just hang, hang out with her all day pretty much and kind of help her with the dogs. Mm-hmm. So I, there's not that kind of separation where I can stick a movie on. Um, I do want to watch more movies. I watch more movies next week. Okay. I promise they're coming. They're coming. Um, speaking of speaking of movies, um, yeah. As you know, we were, we did begin our very special Simpsons edition of Quit That Infernal Bracket last week. Yeah, we go through the, the best Simpsons episodes. Um, I've actually um, speaking of that quickly before you go on. I yeah. started watching specifically episodes that are in the bracket right, now right, right, right. so that I can be more informed going forward when we vote on them. Good idea. Good idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously that's on pause while Barry is away. Um, so we have a quick a one-off weekly um, quit that infernal bracket that has been created by my good self. Um, so obviously there's only two of us. So if there's yeah. any kind of disagreements... Um, I don't know, we'll just toss a coin or we'll go with what one picks as, as I came up with. Okay. Um, so we kind of started this one actually last week a little bit. It is Chris Nolan films. Okay. So okay. 11, 11 films in his uh, repertoire. Okay, so I'm assuming some of them are going to have buys to the... Well, what I've done, I've done some triple threat matches. Oh, so we've got th- okay. a three-way dance between three of them, and then uh, a one one v one for the other to give us okay. two, two okay. finals. Right, right. So, in the first first uh, contest, the first matchup we have, and this is all selected at random. Okay. Um, we have Memento. Yes. Following. Okay. And Batman Begins. So, right, okay. okay. The first two films there, which is interesting, and then the first, probably one of them, obviously the most um, kind of broad movie series. Yeah, in the right. I always forget that he did Memento before Insomnia. Yeah. Um, my head is the other way around, but like I think Memento was like 2000 and Insomnia was 02, something like that. Uh, yeah. 
Okay, that's a toughie. Um, I mean, following is you know as good as it is. Is it's it's not really <laughs> your typical Christopher Nolan movie, I guess, because. Mm. First of all, it's very short, which, you know, Nolan loves a long movie these days. Um, and while I liked following, I, I would struggle to put it near the top of any lists. Yeah, yeah. Um, but following is good. I, don't get me wrong. I, I like following. But whereas other movies on the list and other movies in this bracket, I think, are are stronger. Um Whereas following's maybe like a seven out of ten. Um Batman Begins or Memento. I think Batman Begins is better than it maybe gets credit for. Mm. Um and actually I've had discussions about Batman Begins recently enough where someone rewatched it weren't super big on it. I think they said it was quite slow to actually get going. Mm. I'm trying to take my socks off and they're not coming off. <laughs> Okay, Natty's going to come around and take my socks oh, off. Like, like, proper, like, this is how it's going to be in 10 years, so is this be a, ready for it. Is this the only fa- only fans <laughs> Natty edition? Thank you. Oh, I don't know what that... Four ninety nine a month. It's... Yeah, well, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Um, but I do like Batman Begins. I like, um, I like old Liam Neeson in it, and I like... Mm. Um, Kelly and Murphy, the old Irish taking over, you know. Um, but Memento is is properly good, and I actually mean to rewatch Memento because Natty has never seen it, and I think Memento is is obviously because it's the second movie, but it's the first the first movie that I would consider properly like a Christopher Nolan movie mm. as they've become to be known because it's it's quite high concept. Um. It takes a lot of twists and turns. I think it kind of like Tenet, it's it's um it's not clear where the movie is going. Whereas other movies like Inception, um and I guess to an extent like the prestige, they kind of set out early enough what the destination is gonna be, and then they kind of make their way there. So it, yeah. in Inception, you you know they're trying to convince this guy to break up the company, right? And in Prestige, the one guy is trying to get the other guy's magic trick, right? So they set up quite early what the what the gambit is. Memento, because of the way it's told, you don't know where it's going. <laughs> so it's, it's a complete surprise where it does. Uh, where And Tenet as well. I don't think... I think that's actually one of the things I didn't really like about Tenet was mm-hmm. it doesn't set up well enough where it's going. Um, and so you kind of can't get as, as invested in it. I will anyway. I've rambled on long enough now. <laughs> I would pick Memento from those three movies. Ooh, okay, okay. See, I yeah, I would discount Following because I, I did. It is an interesting movie. Did enjoy it, but I, it's probably at the bottom of, of this entire list. It's, it's like it's like a good noir. Yeah, it's not necessarily a thriller. It's not necessarily. It's just a noir. It's like it's like a good noir. It's it's good, but um, yeah, as you say, I've got at the bottom of the list. I this is a tough one. Memento. Um, that was obviously the first Nolan film I saw was Memento. Kind of back when it came out. Oh really? Out. 
and okay. was always a huge, yeah, really big favourite of mine, even before I became a, a kind of Nolan fan, because obviously he hadn't done any movies at that point. So I was always a big yeah. Memento fan before I became a, a fan of his more more generally. So I love that movie. But then for me, Batman Begins was always, for me, the kind of favourite of the trilogy, the Dark Knight trilogy, even though probably okay. most people's kind of least favourite or second. So this is tough. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be my least favourite, I'll say that much. Yeah. This is a tough one, but I think I'd have to go with Memento. Um, as, okay. you've, as you've picked it, I'm happy to kind of back back that as a yeah as an option. I think Memento is just that bit more original. And while Batman Begins is a very solid Batman film, I don't know that it, it's it's that far outside the box. Mm-hmm. Even even for his Batman movies. Um I've made this stuff in it that I do like. Um, <laughs> there's also there's a, there are also some bits in it that I'm not so hot on. Where isn't there one bit at like um, uh, are they having a party or something at Wayne Manor and one of the ladies like Al Razal Ghul or some like there's some weird misdirect that I don't think works very well at all. It's a little messy, but. Um, I like what they do with with the Raz Al Ghul reveal ultimately. Yeah, I like I like the the building of Batman because it's an origin story, quite different than what you get in other superhero movies. But Memento, I think, is is a movie unlike any other. Yeah, definitely. In, in simply how it's done, and I really enjoy um, the three characters, two of which are in the Matrix, which is also a movie I enjoy. So. <laughs> There you go. Um, so number number two, uh, and this was coincidental, but we've got all three of the I movies in this one. So we've got Inception, okay. Interstellar, and Insomnia. Right. Um, so I think, uh, for me, I think this one's a bit more straightforward because I would say Insomnia I thought was a, a very good movie, very enjoyable, but I wouldn't put it at the top of, of Nolan's kind of works. Um, and Inception, I was never a huge fan of Inception. I kind of only ever, I only watched it once, and I didn't really have right. much of an urge to go and watch it again. Whereas Interstellar, I did for all its flaws, I did enjoy a lot, um, and I thought Matthew McConaughey was was really really good. Um, I think he kind of balanced the sort of science stuff with the actual action and, and heart as well. So for me, by a clear way, it would be Interstellar. Okay. Um... This will be our first disagreement. So. Oh, so Insomnia, first of all, is is a remake. Yeah, which I think a lot of people don't know. And I, although I've never seen the the movie on which it is based, I believe or I've heard that it's it's quite a faithful remake. Mm. I think it's like Swedish film. Yeah, yeah. And it's apparently a really, really close approximation of the original movie. So I can I can almost have to discount that on the fact that it's not a Nolan original. Right. Um, although I agree. I thought it was a good movie. I was never blown away by it. And I know people who really like it. Mm. Um, and I like Robin Williams in it, and I like Pacino in it. But I don't know. When I think when I when I watched it originally, I expected it to be more Nolan-y. I don't think I was aware there was a remake at the time. So maybe I need to re- revisit it. But... I'm not going to go uh, insomnia. Now, on the other hand, I have outlined recently 
in my rewatches of Inception, some of the cracks starting to appear, mm. uh, specifically in regards to the script and how nobody in it is a human and that they all talk like weird robots, <laughs> um, which is a problem. And I, I, although I really like Inception, I think that's a huge issue I have with it. Uh, nonetheless, Inception is a really great uh, spectacle. And in terms of what it sets out to do with its like dream within a dream mm. framework, I think it does extremely well. Interstellar is a bit of a mess, I think. Mm. Um, no, I like Interstellar, and I, I think your pick of Interstellar is valid over Inception mm. because of, I think, as a spectacle, it's as good, if not better, in some regards. And I think, as, as characters, I think I like the characters in Interstellar a lot more. Mm. Given my rewatches of Inception, um, I guess I just don't find the the idea of Interstellar as interesting as Inception, mm. and I I think the dream within a dream um, plot, I guess, of the film worked a lot more for me than Interstellar, did, especially the ending of Interstellar. Uh, Interstellar also the first movie where I realized that Christopher Nolan uh, and sound mixing do not go hand in hand. <laughs> Um, I've only seen Interstellar the once, admittedly. Um, I still don't know what Michael Caine says to him uh, on his deathbed. He says, Master Wayne, oh, did <laughs> I get the Batmobile? <laughs> Do you want the old Chewbacca suit with the nipples on? Oh, I'm eating mistaken chips, John Washington. That suit's oh, a bit no. shit, me old mate. Why am I in this movie, Washington? I'm so old. I wish <laughs> I was dead. Death Wish 10, starring Michael Caine. <laughs> oh, I wish I was dead, Master Bruce. Um, yeah, Interstellar, I, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I liked especially when they go to space, ironically. I think it's the strongest. <laughs> oh, yeah. With the, oh, yeah. With the... The, the planet with the waves and the the conundrum of like aging differently in different yeah places I, I like all that stuff I think it kind of wobbles a bit much for me towards the end and the the whole library thing I didn't quite get um and also mm. as I said the set mixing is a bit over the place I think uh I think they're comparable but I think I would just about go um Inception, um, but granted, given that you are happy to go with Memento, I'm happy to go Interstellar. Ooh, well, I don't know. Are you sure? How strongly? You, how strongly do you think? Do you I, I tell you what, I would be a lot more strongly feeling about Inception if I hadn't watched it again recently and yeah. found a lot of things about it I didn't like. Now. That may well happen when I watch Interstellar again, and I might actually watch it again and go, you know what, that was even worse than I remember. But given the circumstances, um, I think Inception is maybe not as good as I remember it being. Mm. And I'm open to the fact that Interstellar might be better than I remember it being. So, right, right. Okay, fair enough. Basically. So Interstellar goes through then um, to face Memento in the semi-final. Um, third quarter final, we've got Tenet, The Prestige, yeah. And the Dark Knight. Wow. That's, a big... the, uh, that's Cape Fear versus A Star is Burns. <laughs> yeah. 
So what are you thinking? Okay. Um, I think... Okay, granted, I've already seen it once. Um, and and that my opinion of it is very likely to change on a review. I think mm. at the moment, Tenet is maybe my least favorite Nolan film of right. the 11. Okay. Um, as I said, I think the first hour... I didn't get on with the first hour of Tenet at all. Uh, I found it really boring. I didn't like how they explain away things like oh don't worry about that just don't don't think too hard but then later it also expects you to follow and think quite hard about what's happening Mm -hmm. uh, in order to be able to follow it um as i said some of the fight scenes didn't look right to me they didn't work right in terms of what they were trying to do um simultaneously (laughs) it's funny because the movie to me was quite boring and and bad and then they go into a turnstile and out comes a good exciting movie <laughs> so it's it's um very much a, a kind of a, a mixed bag a, a literal mixed bag because there were really good stuff in it and there was stuff in it i didn't like and it also had that inception problem of none of them were characters they were just cogs in a machine <laughs> to allow this plot to happen um, with the exception of maybe Robert Pattinson's character, who was maybe because of his performance, he felt a bit more fleshed out, but probably wasn't actually. Um, so Tenet for me is not going to be Tenet. So it comes to Dark Knight or The Prestige. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really like The Dark Knight. And I love Heath Ledger in it. And I quite like Christian Bale in it. And all the boys, all the Michael Cade and Aaron Eckhart, even though the Joker shows up with the mask on in the hospital and you don't know it's him, even though he's got face paint on <laughs> until he takes the mask off. Um, uh, I have some opinions about Dark Knight that I was recently told, watch it again and, and you'll be kind of, you'll come around on it more. Mm. I, 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 I've always contended that the Dark Knight is a very good movie, but that if it weren't for Heath Ledger's performance, that it would be knocked down a point or two, let's say, right. out of 10. Because I think that really carries the movie. I love that first scene with the break-in at the bank. Um, I love Ledger throughout, especially when he has like the big pile of money and sets on fire. So a lot of stuff in it that's kind of become cliched at the stage, but that time was really clever and really interesting. Um, I don't know that the boat thing at the end is that interesting for the Joker character. Mm-hmm. I think the Two-Face character kind of feels a bit flat and... Not unnecessary throughout because I, I realize that the point of the the ending is is for like Batman to take it you know, without spoiling the movie. You know what it leads to is important, but I don't know that the Two Face character ever kind of worked for me in this movie. But again, I've been told watch it again and that I'll come around on those points, so I, I might need to watch it again. Uh, the Prestige I watched recently. I think Prestige might be uh, seed number one for this bracket. Uh, mm. The Prestige is, is the rare Christopher Nolan movie that does it all right. The twists are there, the mm. high concept is there, the characters are there, the performances are there. It looks and sounds fantastic. Um, as a movie fan, what I like in movies, Prestige pretty unanimously ticks all the boxes for me. Um, and all, it has those little. You know, we, we Barry and I t- talk often about the Equalizer two, 
as having a great scene in the middle of a bad movie, right? Mm. Prestige has so many of those little scenes, but in a good movie. <laughs> so there's there's like little scenes that I often think of or often will reference um, that all come from this one movie. It's, it's almost like a little greatest hits of great little scenes here and here and here and here, which is, you know, obviously what makes a great movie is having lots and lots of great scenes in it. Some movies, though, like Inception, might have one or two that you can reference or even Interstellar or Tenet, right? There's maybe one or two bits where you're like, I really liked bit A and I really liked bit B. Prestige has a myriad of those bits, um, mm. both in terms of like action set pieces. Uh, I love the scene at the funeral where Christian Bale can't remember what knot he tied, even though you as a viewer have seen him mm. consciously make the decision to tie a knot. And Hugh Jackman, you you don't know. And he does a little twitch. You don't know? Oh, brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm going to have to go prestige on this one, I think. Yeah. Um, well, I wouldn't disagree with you. I think that's... The Memento, the Prestige, and Batman Begins are probably my favourite you know, films. Uh, and as you say, I think Prestige combines that kind of that complexity of the story that you're getting like memento but with the kind of the really strong characters um a little twist and it's got david bowie in it so that, that also gives it an extra does doing a little funny russian accent doing also tennis, but not david bowie <laughs> no 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 so yeah i um yeah i love the prestige i like oh, i'll watch it again now um, <laughs> it's great and, uh, yeah as I, much as, I like the dark knight I don't yeah. personally like it as much as the Prestige. I wonder if the Prestige is even at this point. Is it underrated? I say so. I think it bloody well is. I don't but think I... I know enough people who who like haven't seen or anything. But I wonder mm. for your your man in the street who who likes the Dark Knight and maybe likes you know your Inception, your Interstellar. Is the prestige well known enough for a majority to to really appreciate it? I don't know. Mm. It's definitely a damn fine movie. I think it's underrated. Um, yeah, and Michael Caine's good in that one as well. I mean, he's got we've got to the point where he just kind of pops up in every movie and does you know reads out a couple of lines, but he's he's really good in that. It's one of his best performances, I think, of the last sort of couple of decades is he is he in every movie from batman begins to tenet yes is he in dunkirk does he is yes he, he did the voice he did a voice over in dunkirk yeah um so it's been all of them yeah um okay so that brings us to the final quarter quarter final which is the dark knight rises versus dunkirk right i think this is the weakest of the semi-finals <laughs> Yeah, I um, out of these two, I've only seen Dunkirk once. So I would like to rewatch it because I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. But I think there was aspects to the way the story is told that I didn't quite get while I was watching it. That after reading about it, I think I benefit from a rewatch. Um, but I would say The Dark Knight Rises is a kind of personal favorite of mine, even though it's not very good. Um, so <laughs> I, I would I would go for The Dark Knight Rises, but I'm. Either of these for me would would make sense. Um, I think the Dark Knight Rises 
have I maybe seen it twice? Yeah, I think I've seen it twice. Um, I think Dark Knight Rises is a movie that, while I like it more than most, and I quite like Tom Hardy as Bane in it, with the voice, mm-hmm. believe it or not. As silly as it is, I like it. It's a silly comic book movie. Oh, Batman. <laughs> I can get on with that. I think I liked it. Um, but as a movie, I think I think it has a bit of the more I, I actually sit on it and think about it, the less I like it. Mm. I, I like the, the big football stadium set piece. That was kind of the 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 hook of the, the trailer, I think, that came out for it. And I like Bane, and I like the airplane scene at the beginning. But in terms of it being a Batman story, while it kind of takes the Bane breaking Batman's back thing from the comics, the the redemption of Batman from then, and what the Dark Knight sets up Batman to be, I think it doesn't really satisfy those setups. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the... The Batman climbing out of the well stuff I wasn't a huge fan of. Um, the, oh God, the uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt bit at the end. Mm. I think you should use your, your birth name, Robin, and then wink into the camera and go, remember Robin from Batman? He's Robin! Uh, was was dreadful stuff. <laughs> dreadful stuff. Um, fan service in the worst way. Uh and then the little bit at the end where he sees Batman, and and they go, oh, he who paid who paid for the thing to be repaired? Bruce Wayne did. I I think they if they had uh, if Christopher Nolan had 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 balls, <laughs> um, he could have gone. I mean, go with a Batman dying ending. I think that's quite quite a a meaningful thing. Mm. It's almost like a bit of a cop out ending, isn't it? It's like um, it's like um, Rise of Skywalker. Minor spoilers for Rise of Skywalker here. First of all, that film is shite. Don't <laughs> Barry completely talk me around in that one. Don't watch that movie. Um, but they do the they do the thing where oh, C three PO has to lose his memory for the good of you know the the for the good side and the rebellion, and then it gets undone later. He's like, well, what? There was no <laughs> sacrifice then. And uh, similarly, they do that with Chewbacca. You ever the bit where Chewbacca dies, and then they're like, oh no, he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> they do that thing with Batman where Batman dies and you, you go, Jesus, he he that's what was set up at the end of Dark Knight, right? Batman has to sacrifice himself for the yeah. good of Gotham. He puts Gotham for himself. Oh no, he was actually out, right? Oh lads, come on. <laughs> See it through for God's sake. Um so that being said, Dunkirk I really enjoyed. Um I think it was it it's, it was simultaneously felt very knownly and didn't feel very knownly. I think mm-hmm. um in terms of it wasn't very high concept, didn't have a lot of like uh, twists and turns and stuff. It was quite a simple known story, but shot and sounded like a known movie. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. I really liked uh, the performances in it. Even your man from One Direction, who I thought was real good in it. Um, the the stuff, I, I assume you, you, you referenced this. You're referring to this when you said some bits didn't really work for you. Mm-hmm. The bit where it's... Um, is it Mark Rylance, the actor's name, where they're coming across in like the barges and stuff? Mm. That to me kind of unfocused the story a little bit. I cared more about the uh, 
the boys basically fighting right. the war right. rather than the outlads coming over in the boats right. to save the day. But um, no, I would I would go Dunkirk. I think over Dark Knight Rises. Ooh. I think Dark Knight Rises um, failed on its own um, standing, but I think it also failed to live up to what was set up in the film before. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Um. Okay, so the Prestige versus Dunkirk is the second semi-final. So let's get straight to the semi-finals and wrap this up. So we've got number one, Memento versus Interstellar. Who's going, who's going into your final? Who's going into your final? Oh, God. It, I, it's too long since I've seen these movies. I think I was more impressed by Memento. Um, yeah. But again, that's open to open to interpretation. And, well, by virtue of a review, um, but based on my first impression, I remember being more impressed by Memento, even though it's a simpler story. Mm. It doesn't have the wow factor of a country of tidal waves or a country, a planet. Country. Um, <laughs> welcome to immigration for a country of tidal waves. <laughs> Please, can I have your passport? Um, I I prefer Memento. I think the two. Um, yeah, I'd have to agree. Memento, one of my one of my favorite films. So I would go for that. Over Interstellar, so Memento straight into the final, and then well, I think the second semi-final is fairly obvious. We got the Prestige versus Dunkirk. Have you ever seen, by the way, Derek Comedy? Do you know of Derek Comedy? No. Derek Comedy is a YouTube channel that um, Donald Glover used to do with two other comedians. Right. Um, there's some very funny skits on it. Um, but there was one that was a parody of Memento, which is very fun. So okay. if you've not seen it, maybe check it out. If you like Donald Glover, maybe you don't. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Um, it's very good. Um, what's the other semi-final? Say it again. Dunkirk versus The Prestige. Uh, gotta be The Prestige. I know. I mean, we just, reasons we, we, just, we just put it we put it over massively. So I think it's... Dunkirk's yeah, yeah. very good. Dunkirk is very good. Okay. It ain't The Prestige. So that leaves us with Memento. Versus the prestige in the final. What do you think? I think these, uh, these are my two favorites. I think these are two movies I've given a ten on mm. on Letterbox. I think it's tougher than I might even have initially realized because I, or you said this to me, I was like, okay, prestige for me is gonna, it's gonna walk all the way through to the top, you know. Mm-hmm. But Memento is is clever in in its limitations and its its limited resources mm. uh, for which was made. You know, um, I almost appreciate more the creativity of Memento be- for that reason because of you know having to find a way to tell a story and be innovative and creative just within the way the story is told mm. and have it work have it be compelling um and have some good actors in it like guy pierce is really really good in it and um joe whatever his name is <laughs> from the matrix that lad he's real good in it um oh god i tell you what what this is doing to me is making me really want to rewatch Memento. <laughs> yeah i think that's what i'm thinking is i haven't i would probably go for the prestige but then i haven't seen memento in so long that I would probably absolutely love it if I watched it now. Yeah. And I've got it on Blu-ray. I should watch it. I haven't watched it yet. 
as do I. I have it here on Blu-ray as well. Mm. And I have a French copy of The Prestige, which in French is called Le Prestige. Le Le Prestige. Uh (laughs) Um, So what what do you tell you? I think I'm going to go for The Prestige. Oh, I mean, I am going to go for Prestige. (laughs) Sorry if I'm predictable. What I suggest, though, is, right? Yeah. Prestige is the winner. Let's both of us watch Memento and revisit this. Yeah, in a week or two. I yeah, I'm gonna rewatch both films in the next week. Yeah, because I've seen Prestige in in the last two weeks, so rewatch Prestige as well. I will watch both, and we will come to a conclusion. Voila! But for now, Prestige is the winner of the Chris Nolan. Quit that with an asterisk, special question mark, and an Um, exclamation mark. I'd be interested to hear what people prefer, Memento or The Prestige. Yeah. And don't say The Dark Knight. Don't, not the right don't, we're not talking about Batman. No. Even though it was funny when he, he talked with Michael Bay, Michael Cray that one time. My name is Michael Cray. I'm not going to let another Batman die. <laughs> oh, yeah, another one. Um, <laughs> oh my god, it's, uh, it's clones, clones, yeah. the twist of Batman, and they're in the tank at the end, and then it's Robin. <laughs> um, that leaves us, Paul, just to talk about a little bit of wrestling. Um, okay, not not too much to, to talk about this week. I think we're going to talk about Dynamite. Um, or do you want to talk about New Japan? Is there anything you want to say on New Japan? I mean, I haven't, I don't know what's going on with that. Yeah, I mean, I typically don't watch New Japan, as you mm-hmm. might know. Dynamite once a week for me is enough. I don't care about watching anything else. Uh, but last year I watched the old G1 Climax tournament. I watched every match. I watched every day. And I'm going to do that this year as well because I really like the G1. I like the idea of mm. a almost a wrestling festival or a, a, a wrestling advent calendar <laughs> that goes on for like a month. And you get First of all, the shows aren't too long. It's only five matches per day. I don't, I'm not watching the the Young Lions pre-match where it always ends in a Boston Crab. I'm not watching their matches. I'm only watching the G1 matches, okay? So it's like an hour and a half a day, which isn't that... And it's not every day anyway. It was um, Saturday and today. And then the next one is on Wednesday. So it's not every day. It's only an hour and a half, so I can watch. And the matches are really good as well. Um, so I watched the first two uh, nights, or not night over here, obviously. It's like, mm-hmm. I think the first show was at nine o'clock in the morning, and the second one was at six o'clock in the morning, which I didn't get up early for. Uh, but there's some really good matches. Uh, night one had, uh, you get a kick out of this, Will Ospreay. Against Yujiro Takahashi, right? Ooh. Will Ospreay, bit of an, <laughs> I think it's an understatement to say a bit of a knob these days, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think that's given him too much credit. But Will Ospreay, for all his uh, uh, for all his his foibles, again, maybe a bit of an understatement, but he will typically have one of the best matches on the on the show, right? Will Ospreay had the worst match of the five. <laughs> <laughs> with Yujiro Takahashi. Ah. Um, 
Yeah, quite a quite a like he was he was doing his little his little handspring into the Superman pose and all the little shit he does. It just wasn't very exciting. I don't know. Um, quite a, a short match it was like seven minutes long, and I don't know. It just wasn't very exciting. And then afterwards, he cut a promo where he's like, "I'm the best wrestler in the world." I was like, "This is not the time to be doing that promo." After that, sh- not shit match, but like very middle of the road match um better tai chi jeff cobb they had a very good match cobb last year i wasn't super impressed by uh he looks to me like he's lost a bit of weight and he had a good match with tai chi and i'm, I'm not super big on tai chi either to be honest but this match is quite good uh the best match of the first day you'll be surprised here minoru suzuki and tomohiro ishii two lads uh famed across the world, celebrated across the world for being wrestlers who are good at just beating the shite out of other wrestlers. So when you pair them off, they beat the shite out of each other and it was very entertaining. Hmm. Um, Yeah, one, one of those just big hoss matches. Even though Suzuki and Ishii aren't particularly big, uh, they definitely beat each other up something fierce. Uh, Jay White and Shingo Takagi. Shingo I think I gave my match of the year last year uh, to Shingo Takagi versus uh, Hiroko Goto from last year's G1. Mm-hmm. Uh, won't be giving it to this match. It wasn't uh, bad by any means. It was certainly better than the Osprey match. But Jay White uh, continues to infuriate me as the wrestler whose matches always have interference and ref bumps and yada yada, yada and it's always the same. It's it's a bit. I get he's a heel, and I get da 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 da. But it's a bit. It's a bit infuriating when you just want to see a good match, and there's constant annoyances. But it was good. Don't get me wrong. Shingo is great. Shingo is brilliant. And then the main event was a, a rematch from the final of last year's G one, Kota Ibushi, who we all know from the WWE Cruiserweight Classic. Remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kodobushi and Kazuchika Okada. They had a hell of a match. Very, very good. Uh, And then on night two, you had Juice Robinson, Yoshihashi. Uh, Juice Robinson's great. Uh, Shame WWE couldn't find a use for him. Uh, But that's kind of commonplace for them these days. They had a great match. Toru Yano and Sonata had a fun little comedy match that I quite enjoyed, especially the end. Um, Kenta, the former... Hideo Itami had a good match with Hiroki Goto, who was, again, one half of last year's uh, match of the year for me. Uh, Evil and Zack Sabre Jr. had a good match. This is my first time seeing the new rebranded Bullet Club Evil since he uh, Mm. won the world title and uh, left Los Ingornobles de Japón and joined Bullet Club. He's got, like, a different look now. Um... It was quite good. He he he. Unfortunately, also has a manager who interferes constantly, and that's a little bit annoying. But it was a good match. Um, good surprise finish as well. Uh, and then the main event was everyone's favorite New Japan superstar, Go Ace Hiroshi Tanahashi, who was wrestling TNA that one time, <laughs> and current world and intercontinental champion Tetsuya Naito, and they had. Probably the best Tanahashi match I've seen in quite a while. It was very, very good. Um, so I will 
I won't do full run-throughs of the G1 week by week, mm-hmm. but I'll maybe point out some of the best matches for people to check out if they want. Um, I would say of these first two days, you definitely want to see Suzuki Ishii. That was the best match. Um, Naito Tanahashi, especially since I'm not a huge Naito fan, but their match was great. And what else? Oh, uh, Okada Ibushi was very good as well. They'd be my, they'd be my top threes. Nice. nice. Um, speaking of the American wrestling, American dynamite, ma- American males. <laughs> um, yeah, dynamite was a a really good show this week. I thought a lot it better, was a lot better yeah. than the, the previous weeks. Um, kicked off with. Uh, well, before the FDR Jurassic Express match, you had um, Young Bucks backstage. Boom! Super kick party to the ref. Uh, they then <laughs> sauntered over to, to Tony Khan, who was kind of dressed like he was um, making his t- TV debut. Was it? Uh, didn't he? Was he? Yeah, it might be. He I know he was behind the door once. You never actually saw dressing him. Room yeah, this might be his first time on camera. But yeah, um, I just love to see Vince McMahon dressed like that. Um, yeah, in his little shorts. Just oh shorts and just looking like a tourist. Um, <laughs> yeah, and they just, they bunged a load of money at him as a preemptive fine, which was, was quite entertaining. And then I loved the little shot where they went through the tunnel, uh, seeing that from behind the wrestlers for the first time. That was yeah. a really cool shot. And then transitioning to the, the usual shot. That was great. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't huge on the Unbooks just sauntering out and hitting super kicks on the ref for no reason. I think they've... While I think the Young Bucks are, are good, snotty brat heels, mm. I, I don't I don't really get why they're coming out and super kicking the ref for no reason. Do you know what I mean? Uh, like, I think, yeah, we'll see. I like I think maybe they were pissed off after last week, and they're saying, "Look, we don't give a shit about your fines, about what you think." We can do what that. happened last week? They'd be pissed off about when they super kicked Alex Marvez and then got fined. Yeah, but sure. Why, why did they do that? Even you know, it's one thing after another. Okay, I mean, l- let's go along for the ride and see see where it leads. I like the young bucks' heels anyway, so I'm I'm sure, on board. Sure, but sure. I, I I don't see the logic necessarily in in mm. what's happening mm. week on week with them. Um, I do like though the juxtaposition of Adam Page being kind of the one heel who was like seemed to be grudgingly in the elite, and now he's like the one babyface. Mm. So they've kind of flipped the stable completely. That's, yeah, that's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, so opening match FTR Jurassic Express, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, really good, really good stuff from uh, Jungle Boy in particular. Uh, I thought that was really good. Uh, really, really convincing. Uh, kind of finish it near near falls there. Um, made made Jurassic Express look really good. They are really good, um, especially yeah, Jungle Boy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, they look they look good, uh, better than they've looked in a while, especially Luch- uh, Luchasaurus. Yeah. Um, although there was one bit where Luchasaurus had, I, I want to say Dash Wilder. I don't remember which one is which yet in their AW names, but he was gonna do, like, he had him over the barricade. He was gonna run at him and and. <laughs> Wilder moved out of the way, and Luchasaurus jumped into the crowd. But it was it, looking at it, it looked like Luchasaurus had no intention of hitting him and was trying to jump into the crowd. So it came yeah. off looking a bit wonky, but no, it was fine. That's just me being picky. 
It was good. Yeah, good match. Um, what else did we have? I won't go through the whole thing. But you had, uh, oh, yeah, Frankie Kazarian versus Hangman Page, which was another really good match. Yes. Um, I like that. I like that Pagey boy. He's a good lad. I think. Uh, Pagey boy, very good. Um, best I've seen Kazarian in a while. Yeah. I used to really love Kazarian back in TNA because um, he used to do. Uh, like the Spanish fly kind of move before everybody was doing it. Mm, mm. That's quite cool. Flux capacitor it was called at the time. Um, but no, I really like to hear it. There was one move that looked really cool. I don't remember which one it was. Um, and I really liked the timing on the bookshot lariat for the ending. Kazarian perfectly timed kind of the mm. the walk into that. It looks really great. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I'm kind of I'm glad the good part obviously of Omega and Page breaking up is that you know hopefully we can get these kind of singles matches on a, on a regular basis. This was this was really good. One thing I would say which doesn't bode well for Omega as a singles, I guess, is I didn't realize he was on commentary until he said, all right, I'm leaving commentary now. And go and the camera cut to him and he got up and left. I didn't even realize he was doing commentary. Really? Yeah. What about all the times he spoke? I, I completely <laughs> missed it. I, I, I wasn't aware it was him. I didn't know what he was. He was quite bland. Um, or yeah. some yeah, subtle, you might say. I have no memory of him being on commentary. And then when he was there, I went, wait, what? He was doing, <laughs> he was doing commentary? I didn't remember that. Yeah, um, MJF cut, you know, a pretty good promo talking about how he thinks he might need to be in a stable to get some respect and that he's you know, he's, yeah. he's a lone wolf. He's on his own uh, with Wardlow standing there behind him. Just funny. But I like that kind yeah. of subtle, very subtle character right there. I didn't draw too much attention. Yeah. But that, was, that was really good. Um, so he thought about joining a wolf pack. So that was cool. Um Eddie Kingston was there and they did another promo with they did a thing they kind of they pulled this guy um out or they pulled a couple of guys out of the, the, the front row and beat them up and then that yes. then happened again, I think in the next segment or a couple of segments later with um your man there, the Murderhawk monster. Yeah, that was the only kind of thing I was like, uh, if I was being very picky with yeah. Chai, that was Having the same thing, sure. The same thing he always does that on his entrance, though. Yeah, so. um, his gimmick. Private party Jericho Hager was was yeah, pretty good. Um, I, d- I don't know about Jericho and Hager as a team. I think there's a, there's just so many good tech teams. Yeah, I don't know if we need them taking up another spot. It feels like a waste of Jericho. Yeah, I won't say it's a waste of, Hager, but it feels like a waste of Jericho, and simultaneously, it feels like. Time taken away from better teams. Yeah. Um, so not not that keen on that, but it was it was a pretty good match as well. Sure. I wonder what they're trying to lead to here because obviously FTR is champions. Mm. They're not going to do FTR Jericho Hager, presumably because they're they're heels and Jericho likes to have a baby face to bounce off. Mm. Uh, Young Bucks have turned heel now. Lucha Bros, etc. Best friends, but Jericho just got done feuding with Orange Cassidy. So I don't, I don't know quite where they're going with it, but... Yeah. I thought we were going to Young Bucks FTR, but now they're both heels. I mean, strange one. Um, women's match, Ivelisse versus Thunder Rosa, which apparently turned into a shoot. But I'm not, not sure about that. 
Um, it's a decent match. I, I, like, I like the tombstone as a finish. Yeah, yeah. yeah cool. I've never seen women do a tombstone before. No, it's quite it's unusual. But yeah, I think I know Thunderous finishes tombstoney, but I've never seen. Yeah. I think Thunder. I like Thunder Rosa a lot. Eva Lisa, I don't know why. I mean, she's a bit of a heat seeker, and it's not like she's that good. She's not actually great in the ring that you'd you know overlook that stuff. So I'm not really sure why why she was brought in. I quite liked Eva Lisa with um, was she with Jack Evans and yeah, the ground. Maybe that might be a, a, a time to repair them because they they're yeah. quite good as a trio. Yeah, I uh, had a six-man set up for next week with Moxley versus uh, Starks and Archer and um, Thingy Cage. Um, that was set up nicely. Uh, and then the street fight at the end, which was bonkers. Really kind of violent. <laughs> yeah. Very, I think one of the first matches they've done as well that's sort of in a very different location. Obviously, they did like the... the Stadium stampede sort of thing. Yes. Um, but yeah, the first time I'm kind of seeing a lot of the backstage area here. So this was this was really cool. It's funny because it's it's almost like a merging of what we know today to be cinema quote unquote cinematic wrestling mm-hmm. with what we know from let's call it the attitude era, hardcore style yeah. backstage brawls, right? Yeah. Where you know where Bob Holly is rolled Al Snow up in a, a chain link fence and is pinning him, or they're fighting the river, yeah. that kind of stuff. This this felt more like that old style. Um, but if you're considering it in that kind of bracket of cinematic matches, mm. meaning matches that don't take place in a ring, <laughs> I get because that's what that seems to mean nowadays. Mm. This uh, was one that showed that you don't necessarily need comedy to make it work. Um, or in jokes or in references, although it did lean into that a little bit at the end, which I almost hoped it hadn't. But I guess I get why it did. Storyline uh, was kind of leading to that. But um, a good, violent payoff to to a feud, which is what what should be. Um, poor Trent took the bump into the the windscreen and came up. Covered in the old blood. Oh yes, yes. Um, yeah, yeah, that was good. I think um, what I really liked about this show overall, I complained a few weeks ago about kind of blood, uh, blood and yucks, which was too too much blading and too much comedy. Um, yes. This show, no real comedy at all. You know, a few kind of funny like hard bits, but no like silly comedy segments. No kind of smackdown. You know. 2010 <laughs> style angles with lawyers and things uh, and a little bit of blood in the main event but it was more kind of you know accidents or more you know as a consequence of the moves not just blading hard yeah yeah. Hard yeah yeah so i think this is a much much better show very kind of serious just building up the angles and, and paying stuff off it was really good yeah i definitely agree that they rely <laughs> imagine we had no blood for like a good decade yeah and one year in, we're like, they use blood too much. <laughs> but I, I think they, they, they do. I think they rely on it for their angles a bit too much. Mm. Um, and I, 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 you know, I'm not against the use of uh, of blood as a storyline um, tool. 
but I would almost prefer that they keep it to like important main events almost, you know, when you have fucking orange Cassidy bleeding to build his throw Jericho into an orange pool match. Um, that to me is a bit over overused, but here was, uh, yeah, it, it, it made the match feel more violent. And so it served its purpose, you know, uh, especially since uh, a lot of it seemed incidental rather than self-inflicted. Uh, although I did like when Trent hit himself in the face with the the plank by mistake. That was quite funny. <laughs> um, uh, Santana and Ortiz took some hellacious bumps as well, I must say. Ortiz in particular. There was one early on where he got like suplexed through a guardrail. He was in the hood of the car and they did like sentons onto him. Fuck. Oh, that was Santana. Fucking hell. Some, some proper craziness in this match. Very, very good. Good shit. Um, that's going to do us for this week. Um, been another great episode. Thanks for joining us. Um, it's really just leaves to say if you want to get in touch, you can, of course, uh, email us via the chairsharppodcast.com website. Or you can contact us on Twitter. Yeah, you can tweet at Tweet at Churchill Pod. Tweet Paul Griffin, CSP, uh, Griff Tannen, and uh, the Barry Lad, or Barry Tweets, or whatever his name is these days. Um, yeah, that's it. It's been another show. We hope to see you again next week. Um, but that's it. So goodbye. Have a great week. And goodbye from my good friend, Paul Griffin. Goodbye.